and welcome to Radio MVP Sports Podcast. I'm Tim, along with Matt bringing tonight's uh, podcast as we may have Anthony join us as he gets an opportunity. He's going to pop in. And I've also invited uh, James Dawson, who you met, my high school basketball partner. But as everyone knows, my high school football partner is here with me. And uh, that is Matt Amst. And Matt, coming a year with a lot of great football going on. Uh, the college football has reached its peak with the finals coming up on Monday night. We'll get into the bowl season and talking about the playoffs there. Have the NFL uh, heading in into its uh, second season with the playoffs beginning this weekend with a wild card. So, I mean, this is just a fun time of the year when it comes to football. Yeah, it is. I mean, we, you know, finished up all the high school state championships not that long ago. And, uh, now we, you know, went through basically the end of, of college uh, FBS level. We'll have the FCS championship Saturday, uh, North Dakota State and James Madison. But uh, we have the Big Daddy uh, on Monday with Alabama and uh, SEC rival Georgia. And, you know, it's, it's always fun to get to this point, but I always get a little sad because, you know, that's a sign that it's winding down and we're going to have that little few month lull without football. So uh, thank God we have pros and it goes till February, but it's getting pretty close with that too. Yeah. With the NFL playoffs just around the corner now and, and obviously wild card weekend this week. And then you have, you know, you get into divisional play and, you know, it goes quick. That that month of our college, excuse me, NFL football in the playoffs, it doesn't take long for it to really crescendo to the top. And, and next thing you know, it's the Super Bowl. But I really look forward to this time of the year. Now, talking about a little bit about the college football ranks, uh, uh, I don't know if you heard my prediction last week or not. It was uh, right on schedule. I was I was so good that you would be proud of me. I said Clemson would blow out uh, Alabama. Georgia would blow out Oklahoma, and then Clemson would blow out Georgia in the championship. So, as you can see, my ability to make predictions hasn't changed one bit. Uh, I did get the right call in Georgia winning, but not in a blowout, and, and Clemson got blown out by Alabama. So, talk about the Clemson-Alabama game. What's in that one? You know what? Real quick, throwing at you, I just wanted to mention I had let my listeners know on just football on Tuesday, Mark and I talked. I actually, out of 44 bowl games, I got 33 correct. So right. that's pretty good. The one, the one I was most proud of was I picked on air the, the two weeks before, I picked UCF over Auburn in an upset, and they did win. So uh, that was the one I was most proud of. I, I just had a feeling that they were going to win that one, and it, it was it was pretty. You know, it was another Boise State Oklahoma type game, and it was nice to see. You know, the quote unquote little guy could could win. Uh, flipping over to the you know the playoff. Um, I thought, you know, the, the game we saw with Oklahoma and, and Georgia was going to be just that. Uh, I thought that uh, Oklahoma and Georgia would go down in the wire. They did. Georgia took it, and I, I uh, had a feeling that they were going to win. But uh, I had picked Clemson to win against Alabama. And uh, as everybody saw, Clemson ran into an angry chip on their shoulder. Alabama, and you know that uh, Coach Saban had them uh, fired up because they probably felt like 
you know, they, nobody thought they belonged there, that, uh, you know, Ohio State should have been there ahead of them. Um, they did, you know, very well. They ran into a buzzsaw and Alabama was ready. Clemson wasn't. And, uh, you know, Coach Saban may be on his way to another national championship. Yeah, you know, it was a uh, it was a game that surprised me. I thought I thought Clemson's offense would have a better performance than they did against Alabama's defense. I don't want to say Alabama. I didn't respect Alabama's defense. I did, you know, Nick Saban. That's you know the quarter of his team starts a defense, and then you know and control on the offensive side. We've seen most of that game, but I really loved the way Clemson was playing coming into the bowl game. Uh, and I really thought coming in that they had the strongest offense. I thought, you know, of the two schools, you know, I'm talking about Alabama and Clemson. I'm not talking about all four of them. I'm just talking about that game. And I, I just really thought in the, that, you know, Clemson may have been overlooked defensively. But they had a chip on their shoulders, too, because they wanted to uh, defend their title and to prove that, you know, they're more than just, uh, you know, a Deshaun Watson-led team that they could do more with, you know, with a whole brand-new uh, players this year. So uh, I was really uh, surprised how Alabama dominated them. If anything, I think when this is all said and done, there could be really a question mark was belonged at the number one seed in these top four teams. And you could even go to what you were talking about, Matt, and, you know, talk about a UCF, um, you know, Central Florida but defeated, you know, in Auburn, like you said, you know, the little guy coming up and beating the, the big guy and defeated both Georgia and Alabama this year. So, yeah. you know, in a lot of ways you can make a case. I know they were 12-0, and 0 and I know they don't have the same schedule as the Big Ten or the SEC or the ACC. I don't you know the, the top five uh, conferences, but – that's a quality team this year. And, they, you know, you can make a very good case of how they performed in their bowl game that they belong. And you can do the same with Ohio State, who ends up with, you know, a, a decisive win over USD. And in the process, you know, has now defeated, I think, three teams in the top five and four teams in the top ten this year. You know, resume-wise, I it won't shock me. And I, right now, if I had to take a guess, two or maybe three in the poll in the final polls you know they're going to jump up from the fifth spot guaranteed at least the three spot if not in the number two spot because you got to figure whoever is probably going to fall out of the top two and most likely would be you know four or five it's going to be around five or six after their loss so the other teams who were just behind them in, you know, five and six are going to have a chance to move up. So I wouldn't shock me if Ohio State at the end of the day finishes two. I expect them to finish at least three, you know, in the final poll. But I know it doesn't mean anything. It's a runner-up thing. A case, and I think it's a strong case, that the, the committee got it completely wrong this year. Yeah, uh, you know, it's funny you brought up the – uh, not only the, the UCF, but the Ohio State argument. Real quick on Central Florida, you know, I, I am one of the loudest voices out there about I truly believe and we will see at least, you know, uh, uh, in a 10 playoff, you know, system team. Uh, it, 
I think you do get those aberrations of such a team that is so well coached like UCF this year that in a playoff system, you get those teams that normally you just don't think would ever win to win a championship. You get teams, you know, that have struggled to get in, you know, into the playoffs as wild cards in the pros like Steelers or the Seahawks or the Giants, and they've rattled off a Super Bowl win. So it is possible. UCF may have that type of team. You see in high school even, you get teams that physically are just not what other teams are, but they are so well coached. They are so well balanced in their play, and, and they are on everything, on point, all three phases, that they just play a better game instead of versus just, you know, which team has physically better players. Uh, so I believe that, you know, we'll never know. I think they could have done well this year. Um, the, the Ohio State argument, you know, you look at what happened. You know, everyone I truly believe could not let last year go what happened to Ohio State and Clemson. They just said, oh, it'll probably happen again. You look at Ohio State, yes, what happened with Iowa was that's what did them in. It was a shocker. You know, they kept talking about it the night of the USC game, you know, the how dominating they were. It made no sense. You know, it was just an aberration. It was just one of those things. If that wouldn't have happened, or even if it was close, it would have been a different story. You look at how Ohio State has just finished out with the Big Ten Conference win, how they just destroyed Wisconsin. Then what Wisconsin did in their bowl game against Miami. Yeah. And Ohio State will, in my opinion, be in the top four. I definitely think that they were a better team than Clemson. I think they would have beat Clemson if they would have got into the playoff. Um, so I do believe they'll be in the top four. I think Clemson does not belong in the, the uh, top four after the season. You as well that whoever lose loses the championship Monday will drop. They'll maybe be a three or four. So uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see. Um, but yeah, I, I as well as you, Tim, I was very surprised at how inefficient Clemson's defense specifically was. Uh, they just had no answer, and you know they supposedly had the best defense in the country. Uh, you know, their players are off the chart ridiculous. But, you know, any given night, Clemson was ready and, and Clemson wasn't. And uh, they really made Clemson look bad that evening. And, and uh, the only thing now with Alabama that I question it's going to be a closer game is because of the injuries that they sustained that night against Clemson. They had some serious injuries at key positions. And they've already been dinged up. Um, Georgia is is you know I'm I'm very happy actually to see. I've always liked Georgia. I feel like they've been the bridesmaid, never the bride for so long. They've always been just there, and uh, you know they have just been been winning all these games they're not supposed to. They got beat by Auburn. They came back and redeemed themselves and whooped Auburn the second time around. Um, they just have that balanced attack offensively, defensively. They have good special teams. 
Um, you know, the quarterback, everybody's been slamming him, saying he's a freshman, freshman. Well, guess what? This freshman has not messed up. Ever since he came in against Notre Dame, his first game week one, uh, he only had one loss against Auburn, and he's done a great job. So he's not shook by the limelight right now. Uh, he has a great core of guys around him taking good care of him, and he's efficiently leading that offense. So, uh, you know, Georgia is a very dangerous team right now, and I think that they have an excellent chance of winning that game on Monday. You know, and I agree a lot what you're saying there. And I think one of the things that needs to be pointed out is about, you know, from and how he quarterbacked that team is there was no panic on him when he was trailing 17 points, you know, at one point in that ball game. Uh, they just went back to work and did what they needed to do to give that opportunity, you know, to get back in that ball game with Oklahoma. And I thought from played a, a really a terrific game. And, you know, you could see – as the season progressed, I didn't see uh, Georgia that often, but as the season progressed, you could see, as you mentioned, how he has grown. And I guess you could use the old cliche, Matt, that, you know, he's not he's not a freshman no more. You know what I'm saying? He's got enough snaps underneath his belt. He has enough wins. He's done the job that has been asked of him beyond being a freshman. Uh, he, you can see that, you know, Kirby Smart and them has done a great job bringing him along. And, you know, you can see the the leadership skills that he possesses. And I think that is, you know, really what you want out of, of a quarterback. You know, one who makes good decisions, one who uh, can lead a team, and, you know, obviously grow as the season progresses. And I think he has proven that, you know, throughout the season of what he has, he has done. You know, getting into this uh, Monday night matchup real quick, I'm kind of interested on a on a on a big level here, on a on a nationwide level of the interest in this game. Um, obviously, in the South, it's going to be huge, especially this you know in Georgia and in Alabama and Florida and you know the Southeast. I think obviously there's going to be huge, I think viewership there. My question is Georgia. Yeah, yeah, and I my my question is is the Northwest is you know. The, you know, the is it Midwest? Is the South? You know, Northeast? Are they going to be willing? You know, obviously football fans will watch, but are you really going to care about two teams from the South? Not as much. Yeah, yeah I, you know, obviously, you know, best case scenario is where you have different regions playing each other. You know, like East West or North South scenario. You don't necessarily have that this year. Have a, a de facto SEC championship game number two because Alabama didn't qualify to play in the championship game, right. you know, and Auburn did, you know, and Auburn ended up losing two. So this is like kind of like a, a do-over for their own championship, but now is a championship for the nation. Right. Yeah, I agree with you, Tim. Uh, I had actually had this conversation with, um, another friend of mine, and we discussed the same thing. You have that, you know, core of college football fans that will get the national championship. You're just not going to miss it like you and I. Um, but, you know, as a whole, I would like to see, uh, like, the Nielsen ratings on comparing it to, uh, say, the year that, you know, Ohio State and Oregon played. 
versus last year or this year because you have, you know, teams like that. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to affect it. You are pulling, uh, you know, uh, stadium wise, you're going to be ridiculously filled with joy. I mean, you're in the state of Georgia, not far from Bama. Right. Um, but yeah, I think up north and northeast, northwest, uh, it's just not going to be watched as much. Um, you know, it was an exciting game, that Oklahoma game. They had their chances to win. And I just want to mention, I was, I, I, at the end of that game, and, and if Georgia, they've been doing, because Oklahoma had them. I don't know if you remember that last drive uh, that, that basically did in Oklahoma. They had the one punt. It went 29 yards. They were up seven. Georgia got it back. And then uh, they were driving. I think it was third or fourth and long. And the defensive lineman for Oklahoma had him for a sack, and he missed him. That lost the game for them. And Georgia just seems to be, you know, doing those types of plays where you, it's like most people say it's luck. But when you have guys doing the right things, doing their assignments, being in the right place at the right time, and they didn't give up. And the point I'm getting to is, you know, everyone's saying, oh, Alabama, you know, Kirby Smart is, is an ex-assistant. Uh, right now, I think it's whenever Saban plays, teams that his ex-assistants or head coaches, I think he's 7-0 or something like that. This might be a different story because these kids are just really hungry and nobody's telling them they can do it. It's them against the world. And, uh, you know, I, I just feel like things are setting up for, for Georgia. Will I be surprised if Alabama wins? Absolutely not, especially the way they played against uh, Clemson the other night. But yeah, I, make some, make a long story short. Back to what you originally said. Yeah, I think it's going to affect ratings, and I don't think that it will be as big as it normally is. Yeah, I you know I just I have a gut feeling if you live in you know California, you just you're not going to have it. If you live in Ohio, you know it's a football area, so I think you will, but not at maybe at the highest level that you would have. Uh, if Ohio State obviously was playing or in a scenario that maybe even if Ohio State lost in the semis, that they would still want to see who won this cha- you know, championship or had someone to root against. Uh, obviously, if you one of those fans that like to root against a team, I guess you're rooting against Alabama because they're always there. And Georgia's the underdog, even though they won the, the SEC championship. You know, it's It's kind of an odd scenario to have – Two schools from the same conference plan. I think that's well. It's honestly, like Bama, I just think it's a bad play. Yeah, it's like when Bama and LSU played uh, the national championship that one year. I just think it takes a lot away from it. Um, I agree with you, Tim, and uh, that's what we got, and and that's what we're gonna, you know, have to deal with. So, yeah, I, I you look at though what. Nick Saban and Alabama are basically doing, and if they win, they will have won five of the last nine national championships. That is absolutely ridiculous. And they've been to how many? So I I would love to know, right? I can't think of off my head since he got there, but uh, I mean, he, he has won. I personally, I don't know what your opinion is on Nick Saban, I, for me, 
I cannot think of a, a better coach in the history of the sport than him because of how difficult it is to win now in this day and age with the setup they have. I, I really think he may be the best of all time right now. I really do. And his his mentor, Bill Belichick, and you look at him, he's probably the best in the history of the NFL, and if not the one of, of for sure. And um, Man, it's just what he's doing is unprecedented. I know, you know, Bear Bryant and and all these other great, you know, characters in history. But if we're just looking flat out what someone has programming, the big type of wins they're 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 having and year in and year out, I can't think of any other coach in history that's done what he's doing right now as difficult as it is set up right now to do it. I can't just do it. I'm trying to. I really am. Because, uh, and I'm going through my mind and I'm thinking of some of the great coaches of the past. And there has been some fantastic runs by different schools. You know, as you mentioned, you know, Bear Bryant, you know, Woody Hayes at Ohio State. Uh, you can go with Jimmy Johnson at Miami. And, uh, you know, there's so many that had really born in Nebraska. Yeah, you know, uh, Joe Paterno. There's so many yeah. that we could talk about and what they've done. Right about, you know, how the game has changed and the focus on trying to get these great athletes to uh, buy into a system and to perform at the highest level each Saturday afternoon or night. And he has done that. I mean, you can't take that away from what he's achieved. And quite honest with you, you got to give him a, you know, kind of a uh, a feather in his cap in the sense that he's done it at multiple schools. I mean, he LSU. did this at LSU before, you know, returning to the college ranks after his in the NFL. You know, and it's the same thing you could say with Myers maybe at Ohio State because he did it, you know, at Florida. Uh, and he took two programs prior to Florida, you know, and, and loved the, raised their levels to, you know, to levels that those schools never seen before, you know, when he was at Utah and also at Bowling Green. Mm -hmm. And then you can say what he's done at Ohio State. What is he's lost? Like four or five games? It's, in it's his, obscene. In his and he has – he's the only coach around right now that has a winning percentage against Nick Saban. Right. You know, it's – I mean, you're talking – those two coaches, in my opinion, are obviously – you know, heads and shoulders above everybody else. You can make a case for Myers very well. Uh, definitely being, you know, on equal par uh, because of what he's achieved at Ohio State and what he achieved at Florida. And you can say, you know, and I don't take anything from Nick Saban because if people remember Nick Saban's career, joined Bill Belichick in Cleveland as defensive coordinator, and they made that small run to the playoffs with, you know, Saban. He was actually the head coach at the University of Toledo, and they went undefeated that year. And he was at Michigan. You know, when they won, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, he left the Browns. When the Browns moved to Baltimore and everyone was let go, he did take over Michigan State. He did not have – he did have success, but he, he never got past Jim Trestle then, you know, in that era. And he actually would, uh, then moved down to – uh, LSU, and then ended up winning there, and then jumping over to Miami, if I remember correctly. Well, you know, his career, but 
you know, he's had a, you know, I mean, you just can't take it away from either one of them. They've both been so successful at the collegiate level, at the highest level. And I, you know, you know, I, I think Saban gets the, the nod just a little bit higher than Myers for what he's achieved on a consistent basis. But what a Myers did at Florida and what he's done at Ohio State, you just, it's I, mean, I, I don't think, yeah, I don't think you can, you know, I think that's the, his only rival in a sense at the collegiate level as a coach is, is, is uh, what Myers has done. Right. I don't think there is another one. I agree. And it's, it's awesome that he's at Ohio State, too. Well, it is. It is. Trust me. I mean, I think we all knew, you know, I, I think we all had concerns, you know, especially you and myself being, you know, Youngstown guys. And, of course, you played winning national titles there. And then seeing him take the Ohio State job and, and raising it to that level of championships year after year after year, you know, playing in three national title games at Ohio State. Uh, obviously, Jim's career went in a different route, you know, when he left. But, I mean, his – I think he gets undervalued on a national level what he achieved. Let me oh, put it that yeah. way. Oh, all he did was win. I mean, he won – game after game after game. And if that incident did not happen with Terrell Pryor, I believe he'd still be at Ohio State. He'd still be winning, still winning Big Ten championships, still winning national championships. I think he um, already is cemented as one of the best in history. And I think if he was, that didn't happen, he'd still be just knocking them out and, and rocking it. Um, so it's it's a real shame that that happened with him, and and you know it's it's you know it's it's heartbreaking, and but it, he's he's loving life right now, and um, you know people uh, people will not leave him alone with the you know coaching discussion. I, recently, people have been asking him if he would coach the Browns, and I just you know I laugh because I think he's done. I think he's enjoying life being, you know, a cushy president. And he's basically the mayor of this city in Youngstown. And, uh, you know, he's he could run for governor if he wants. So um, I think he he's he's had his fill. I'm sure it left a sour taste in his mouth the way he was treated. Uh, I think he was made, you know, there was the NCAA, you know, made a statement using him as a guinea pig because the same season, Butch Davis, who was the head coach at North Carolina that year, had one of the worst of collegiate cheating scandals in history. Let go, but the very next year was coaching football at another school. So um, that was just, you know, they, they, they made a mockery of their system and, you know, they wanted to just use coach Trestle as, you know, the, the donkey on the wall and, and uh, what a shame it happened. And he got pushed out of the sport, but, you know, if anybody was to be the right person to take over Ohio state, it was Meyer and they thank God he decided to come out. I think he was waiting for that that spot to open up, and I don't know if he'd be coaching anywhere right now if Coach Trussell was there. And you know, we're really lucky that that you know, if Tress had to leave, that's the guy who was waiting in the wings. 
I, I think it was just kind of that perfect scenario. Uh, as you mentioned, I don't think you're going to find two coaches back-to-back for one school that had the importance of uh, national titles and competing at the highest level than you did with Trestle followed by uh, Myers. I just don't think it's possible. Whoever replaces uh, Nick Saban someday is going to have so much on his shoulder. I don't care if it's one of his former assistants. Let's just say hypothetically that, uh, you know, Kirby Smart, you know, five years from now takes over the job at at Alabama. It's still, you know, not the same, you know, and and I'm not saying he can't do it because obviously what he's done this the last two years at Georgia is proof that, you know, he was waiting for that opportunity to show his skills as a head coach uh, and how he's, you know, he didn't take over a barren program either. Georgia was in pretty good shape with Mark Rick. Mark Rick was line. doing a great job, and yeah. everybody that was repping him. He just couldn't beat Alabama. Let's be honest. Yeah. That, it's kind of, you know, what's going on in Michigan that can't beat Ohio State right now. Harbaugh, you know? yeah. Yeah, and, and then before that, I mean, all the coaches that came by. No, you know, no, they are really in a rut, boy, right now. They can't beat the Buckeyes, and right. I'm loving it. No, but, uh, I'm, each and every year. Yeah. It's, it's the best music in my in my ears, you know. As, I, uh, watching them go yeah, down to defeat. Me too, Tim. I, I'm a I'm a big Mark Rick fan. Um, I think he's a fabulous coach. Um, I always liked him. Found this out, but my wife and I found out that him and his wife adopted, and you know we, we adopted, and and we felt kind of like a kinship through that. They had gone through some similar things like we had, and. Uh, you know, the guy never had a losing record there. I think with like his worst record was maybe nine and three, kind of like what uh, Pelini was in Nebraska. Right. And it wasn't good enough. And, you know, there were some years that they were just on the cusp of winning that SEC championship. And especially the one, uh, I, I, the one year uh, Alabama won, they met in the championship. And Georgia had the game won and they let it go at the very end. Um, but, but he went to Miami and look what he's done there. He's brought the U back. So he's proven that he is a good coach and you're right. He did not leave the cupboard bare and, uh, Kirby smart walked into a program that was being taken care of. And, you know, when you get up to that level, like, you know, you have Alabama and you have Ohio state, you have, you know, you have the means of, you have basically only a few schools that are at that level of such eliteness. Anything they need, the, the facilities they have are second to none. And that's why, you know, I think Ohio State is in the position they are and they got Meyer. And it was because of, you know, they can get anything they need to make that program better. And that's Alabama. And Bama wasn't like that. They kind of slouched for a while and he took over and there they are. Um, but I think, you know, Tom Herman is, is going to turn Texas into a power again, and they'll give him every tool he needs down there. Um, USC is one of those that can be that again, but they, I think they need to find the right guy. I'm not sure the one that's there is right. Um, but Georgia is definitely headed in the right direction. You know, Tim, before I forget this, I just wanted to ask you, um, you know, you have, 
I forget who it was. The, the, I, I don't think it was, was it Saquon who broke the record? I think he broke, uh, oh, uh, Ron Dane's record. I have right. an issue with that. And I don't know if you feel the same. My issue with that is they now count postseason yards. When Ron Dane played, his yards, that his record that got broke, the yards that he played in bowl games postseason were not that back then allowed to be counted as part of it. I think that should be looked at and they should be allowed to have it because if the kids today get to use those yards as part of their career, I think these guys from the past should also be allowed to add those their career. That's, that's, you know, I agree with you. If, if he has games that he played and those yardage are not part of his collegiate total, I totally agree. You have to change it and add it back to his total. Uh, I don't know what the rules are, to be honest. Uh, if it was back in the day, they did not, you know, 20 years ago, they did not count the, uh, the postseason yardage. I really, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I got one more question for you. Yeah. This was my question of the week on my show on Tuesday. I had one that, you know, was more or less a question of if you know what I'm thinking instead of fact-based. And my question to everybody was, looking at the Heisman Trophy the last 15 years, and I, I broke it down, I didn't say just of all time, last 15 years, can you think of, in my opinion, Matt Emsch's opinion, the player who was screwed out of the Heisman the worst? Can you think of that player? And it uh, might not be it's Manning. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, in my opinion, yeah. Well, my mine was, was McCaffrey from Stanford because you okay. had this young man who not just broke records of conference, he broke every FBS at any level, collegiate football. Yeah record he broke them all of total yards and, and i think it was maybe touchdowns of all time and he lost to i think it was henry uh the running back from alabama and all he had done uh sec record so i don't know how that was done i don't know i think it was it was a, a sham i think it was a heresy it's supposed to go to the best player in college football. You had somebody who broke record of all time. And the kid was, was uh, Jones out of a Heisman. And look what he's doing in the NFL right now. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. so There's no question of his talent level. I agree 100% about that. His talent level was off the charts. And I remember watching him in the different bowl games and in the Pac-10 games and what he achieved. And there's no question, I think, McCaffrey – as an overall overrun uh, best player, no question about it. And I think he would definitely be on that list. Um, I mean, there's have been a, so many close battles for the Heisman over the years. And I would say in the last 20, 25 years, it's become a quarterback-dominated award. Like the NFL uh, MVP. And 
you know, I'm not saying, obviously, you know, everyone knows the quarterback's most important position because there's only one and he controls the offense and he has so much responsibilities. I'm not denying the, the skill it takes to play that position. However, uh, you know, like Saquon Barkley and what he achieved this year, uh, you know, as a running back or, you know, you don't see, I don't know if you'll ever see a Tim Brown win another, uh, you know, a tight end. You know, uh, split end type win the uh, the Heisman ever or again. Charles Woodson, right? You know, a defensive back who, who beat out Manning that year. Um, you know what lost it for Manning, so, though, Tim. Not to interrupt you, I truly believe what lost the Heisman yeah. for Peyton Manning was that he could not beat Florida, and he just couldn't oh, beat him. And if he would have beat Florida, they would have won the national championship. So, uh, yeah, it's ironic you're bringing this stuff up because. Mark and I were talking about this exact subject, and I brought up about the NFL MVP, how it's just become a quarterback award. And, you know, you have guys in the past, you know, you've had a kicker win that award. And, you know, the one year that Aaron Rodgers won it a few years ago, J.J. Watt had had that unbelievably obscene year. I truly believe he was the MVP. He should have been the MVP of the whole league, not defensively. And uh, I think he got ripped off that year as well. Yeah, you bring up excellent points there, Matt, and I I can't disagree with those. You know, uh, obviously, I think today has become such a an offensive ball game. You know, all the rules are designed for teams to score more points. You know, at all levels of football, you've seen it at the high school level, where it is probably the more purest game because at least. You know, they, they don't take away the chance for a defense to make plays. You know, as you get – as you go up the ladder or, you know, in football, you know, at the collegiate level and then at the NFL, it becomes harder and harder to play defense because they've just taken so many opportunities to either make a play or how a, uh, a judgment call comes into effect. I mean, today, you know, I always laugh. I always say – you, know, you can't if you're, if you're a cornerback. You can't breathe on a on a wide receiver without the flag coming out. So you can't defend it. You know if he has a half a step on you, you're, you're screwed because you can't you cannot do anything physical to to prevent that catch. And if you do, it's going to be you know a, a, a penalty. And you know I I remember when defenses had an opportunity to make plays, and I I understand everyone loves scoring and a game. You know, people celebrate the the Georgia game, you know, with Oklahoma because it was 48-45. You know, it's a high-scoring game. And I'm not saying it's not good football. I'm just saying it's a different brand of football. Um, a 31-28 ball game could be just as exciting where you have some offense moving the ball and defense still making plays, you know. Uh, a 17-21 game, maybe not. That could be a kind of a, a little boring, maybe too much of a punt game, but – you know, I think we lose track about what is a great game today because a great game does to me is not meaning we see 90 points in a ball game. Thank a you. great game to me is where both sides are challenged uh, to, to score, meaning you had to go up against a great defense and you put up four touchdowns. You did a great job that you achieved. And if a defense, you know, you know, because oh, we had a bad day. We gave up four touchdowns because we normally only give up, you know, less than three, you know, per ball game. Well, you went up against a great offense and had a great day. 
you know, on a defense, you know, shuts down an offense completely, kind of like what Alabama did. Because I really thought, you know, Clemson was clicking really strong at the end of the season offensively. And, you know, that you got to give, you got to salute the defense once in a while. <laughs> you know, I still, this is still two sides of the ball. It's not, it's right. Points does not necessarily make it a great game. It makes it a great offensive game. It doesn't make it a great football game. And I think we celebrate uh, high scores versus uh, a great football game. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's different. I mean, I know there was a small comeback, you know, the 17 points that Georgia was down and they came back. And Georgia's defense did play better in the second half. And they did play great in the overtimes. So you got to give them credit where they're, they, you know, for coming up when they had to. But you still gave up, what, 45 points in that ball game as a defense. I mean, that, that, that got to sting. Yeah, it does. And, you know, it, it also shows uh, how good Oklahoma's offense was. I knew they were going to put up points uh, the way they were clipping themselves at the end of the year. I mean, they were smoking. And uh, the way that that game started out, I'm sure you felt the same way. Uh, when it got to be one point, I think they were ahead by three scores at one point, something like that. Uh, I, I really, I looked at my wife and I said, wow, I, you know what, I thought this was going to be a showing, but I didn't think they were going to do this to Georgia. And uh, I thought it was going to get ugly. I thought that game might end up like 42, 45 to 17 at one point. but. You know, Georgia gave them credit. And what I love to see, like you're referring to, is uh, not just offensively, defensively. They went in at halftime and they made adjustments. I love being a football guy, seeing a team make adjustments. If my Steelers could have done what they did in the AFC Championship game last year, we might have got number seven Super Bowl. So um, it's refreshing to see coaching staffs make adjustments. Teams come out and completely play a different second half, and that's what happened with Georgia. And um, I don't know. I, 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 you know, we all know what Alabama is capable of, um, and they reminded everybody this past week. And uh, but you know, Georgia just seems like they're a team of destiny right now, and and they're hungry and and they want it. And you know. Luck is a, is a fickle beast, but she seems to be kind of leaning towards the Bulldogs. And, you know, some people say luck is just, uh, you know, it's an outcome of being prepared and having, you know, the right kind of balance in, in your offense, defense, special team. So, um, you know, it might not be just luck. It might just be that they're just playing well and they know how to do it. And when it comes down to the wire, they, they can win a ball game. and. They're doing well, so I'm excited to see that game on Monday and how it turns out. Well, I uh, originally picked Clemson to win the whole thing, so obviously I got that one wrong. Uh, I'm gonna, you know, put the jinx on Georgia, and uh, I think the Bulldogs will come away with a win against. Look, and, and this is not a slight against Alabama. I know how talented they are. I'm going for Georgia because kind of like what we talked about before. I kind of see want to see a new team win its win the title this year. I mean, it was kind of the same last year when Clemson won, and that was one of the reasons I was rooting for them this year. Is you know, Ohio State wasn't there, so I didn't have a school that I'm going to root for. I love the idea of seeing maybe a little dominance once in a while and seeing a team repeat. Right. And uh, 
So, you know, I was kind of rooting for that scenario for Clemson. Obviously, that's not going to happen. So, you know, I, I think Georgia hasn't won a national title since uh, – 85. You know, yeah, I was going to say Herschel Walker. So, right. uh, you know, we're talking a long time ago and, uh, you know, talking about a beast of a, a, a Heisman Trophy winner back in the day. Uh, one of the, the all-time yeah. Oh my God. He was, he, he, if they didn't have him, they wouldn't have done it. Uh, yeah, you look at right now, uh, Georgia with their two headed running attack with Chubb and, uh, I forget the other kid's name. Number one. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. I can't remember. Names they now. are, they're both studs and, uh, it's like, you know, thunder and lightning and, uh, they're just, uh, I, my gut, my gut tells me Alabama, but like you, I want Georgia to win. I want them to do it. You know, Alabama's been – they've been in the last three. So they, they were in it this – they're in it this year. They were in it last year. They won it the year before. Ohio State did it the year before that. So, yeah, I mean, they're just – they're always there. So I would love it if Georgia does it. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to pick Georgia. Normally, I never go against my gut. The reason I'm saying my gut is because of how they played against Clemson. I understand. I, I'm still going. I'm going to still go with Georgia because I just feel like they're that team of destiny right now. Yeah. You know, as uh, we turn the page here, looking a little at the NFL wildcard weekend, since we you know talked a little bit about the NFL, uh, you're, I got to get your thoughts on uh, – on the Buffalo Bills crashing the party and uh, getting the, uh, the getting in with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals coming to the rescue with the big win, uh, you know, in week 17. But, uh, I mean, of all the teams, I mean, there's a lot of new teams this year in the NFL playoffs, but, you know, the Bills, the Jaguars, the Rams, I mean, that's right there uh, something to really talk about, you know, and the Titans, I mean, we got we got some interesting teams in this first round of the playoffs. You know, the wild card weekend. We got some you know teams that haven't been there for a while, or it's been a long time since they've been in the playoffs. I mean, I I don't remember the last time the Rams were in the playoffs, and something like the Bills. I think that's the when first Jeff time in eighteen Wilkins years. It was back when Jeff Wilkins yeah. was there. Um, so and you're talking ninety nine two thousand, and then. Uh, the year before that, well, they were in it two years in a row. They lost to the Patriots the one year, the second year, Correct. the year before that. They beat the Titans, and that's the last time the Titans was deep. So it's just like, you know, refreshing to have Georgia in the national championship. I, as you, like you just alluded to, I love the fact all these teams that haven't been there in a long time are in it. I like the Titans are in it. I think that two teams, well, the Bills surprised me, of course. Two teams that I say that you, well, three, three that you have to take seriously as being able to go to the Super Bowl is, number one, the Jaguars. Uh, they scare me. They beat my Steelers, and it's the beginning of the year. Their defense is ridiculous. They have a good running game, and they have a, a good quarterback, and, you know, he was good when he was another UCF uh, uh, player. So he, when he was at uh, UCF, I forget his last name. He was um, the quarterback there. 
they were excellent when he was there. Went to a big bowl Cold game. Pepper, right? No, no. Um, I forget what his name is, but when he was a senior at at uh, UCF, they went to a big bowl game. I think they were undefeated that year as well, and they got beat up pretty bad in the bowl game. Or wait, no, I think they might have won. Yeah, I, I, I can't remember. So, Jaguars are really good. I think they're dangerous. I'm glad Baltimore is out. Because being a Steeler, I don't like playing the Ravens in the playoffs. Cause that one can go either way. Um, you have a rivalry there. The Bills did surprise me. I, I don't think they're going to go far. I really don't. Um, but McCoy is having a great year. Um, the other two teams I think are going to be, you know, have a great chance of going the Vikings. They've got a really good team right now. And you just mentioned them a second ago, the Rams. They are really good. They're playing good football. They're solid. I think they themselves in the NFC have an excellent chance to go to the to the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I think Todd Gurley and the effects that he's had the last three weeks of the season and the monster numbers that he's put up really takes a lot of pressure off of Goff, and then you add their wide receiving core to the to the mix. So when they can do the play action and they can go downfield, you know they have Woods, they have Watkins, you know they have a you know quite a, a nice uh, core of receivers to throw to, and, and Goff is as really uh, I think shown. How, why he was the number one pick a couple of years back, you know, and why he has achieved what he has this year, uh, you know, under the Randy of Chiefs. So I, I agree with you. The Rams as a team, uh, maybe from this wild card round to watch uh, the Jaguars. Uh, how can you not like love what Jacksonville has been this year? Uh, Blake Borders is the question mark there. I mean, yes, he's played better this year and he's played a lot better than most people give him credit for. Uh, you just know that deep down, you know, he's never been before. And, you know, will he force a few passes that he normally doesn't try to make in, in a playoff scenario, which happens? And uh, we'll see. But their defense definitely could take them all the way to the Super Bowl. They're that good. They're that that devastating, uh, you know, over to take over a ball game. You know, and you know, that kind of – Makes you wonder if they could do it. Probably not. But I like Kansas City. You know, I know it's it's a long run for them. But, you know, I love Reed as a coach. I think, you know, you give him opportunities to get ready for a ball game. His team is really prepared. Uh, obviously, you know, Alex Smith will be a question mark there. But they got, you know, you know Hunt at running back. You know, the defense has played, you know, exceptionally well most of the season long. They have Tyreek Hill who can get the ball to him in the open field so he can take take it to the house on any time he has the ball in his hands. So, you know, maybe as a uh, my my deep throw in a, or my uh, my my big wild card play for the Super Bowl would be uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they 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 didn't finish as strong as everyone hoped, but now that they've had, you know, an opportunity to get here, it wouldn't shock me if they take full advantage of it. They, they also, uh, like Georgia and, and college, uh, the Chiefs have 
you know, always seem to be the bridesmaid, never the bride, and they have turned it on when they've needed it most. They started out ridiculously strong, and then they met up with their nemesis, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they just can't beat us, you know, knock on wood. Um, and uh, Pittsburgh's the only team that has a winning record in Arrowhead. We've never lost there. So right. we play well against the Chiefs, um, but they have turned it back on at the right time. And yeah, they're very dangerous. Um, like I said, the Jaguars, I, you know, the team that was ridiculously hot was the Eagles. But when they lost Carson Wentz, which was such a shame, just like Antonio Brown was on the verge of maybe being that different player other than a quarterback of winning the MVP, he'll be back. But you, then you also have, um, Sean Watson, who was having an amazing year at quarterback. These guys got hurt. Uh, Carson Wentz, when he went down, the Eagles just – they're too up and down for me. I think that that they're going to get knocked out. I really do. I think the Vikings um, the Vikings, and the Rams are, are two of the teams that might be playing in the NFC Championship. Um, I don't think the Panthers are going to do it. Um, you know, and then you always have, of course, you have the the issue of the Patriots, who you know, just like Alabama, they're always there. So, um, you know, I would I had said this when we played them, being the Steelers in the regular season, it was a huge game. I said, you know what, I would rather we lose to them in the regular season and beat them, obviously, in the playoffs. So if we are to meet up with them again in a repeat of last year, I hope that's the case. I think if uh, Antonio Brown wouldn't have hurt his calf, I really believe we would have won that game because um, they didn't have an answer for our three-headed attack offensively. Um, the the uh, possibility of the Patriots getting beat in the – postseason before the AFC championship. I think it's stronger this year than it has been before because of teams like the Jaguars and the Chiefs, the way they're playing. So uh, I hope that, you know, one of those teams can knock them off. And if Pittsburgh wins, you know, their next playoff game that, you know, we don't have to deal with them again because, uh, you know, not, nobody wants to play the Patriots in a championship game. So um, it'll be interesting to see how this weekend goes. But, yeah, back to what you said, brother. I, I, I like seeing these uh, teams that have not been in it for a while. It's refreshing. It's going to be interesting. I'm really looking forward to this weekend of football because obviously you know, the wild card in the NFL is always interesting rounds. You know, you get the uh, the four games, you know, it's two on Saturday, two on Sunday, and then we got the championship game and, and college football on Monday. Uh, it's it's action packed on that level, and that's to me, you know, what January is all about. And uh, you know, playing for championships or trying to get to a championship, and you know, obviously, you know, like as you mentioned, you never discount the Patriots for what they have achieved. They do have Bill Belichick on the sideline, and anytime, you know, just like Nick Saban, you have him, you know, that his team's can be prepared and ready to play. And I'm not taking anything away from Mike Tomlin and what the Steelers achieved this year or any other team in the NFL. But, you know, there's a reason why you have the reputations because you've done it. And the championships on the field, and they've lost them on the field. And, uh, you know, 
in the end, you, you just you got it. You know, tip their cap. They're still defending NFL champions until someone beats them. So, right, right. you know, that's going to be the most important thing. See who's going to knock them off. Uh, if it's going to happen next weekend or in the AFC Championship, well, I just have to wait and find out how it, it all plays out. And, uh, you know, the wild card weekend, though, is turning out to be one of the more fun times of the year because, you know, you have two teams waiting to find out who they're going to play, usually in each conference. And, you know, you just don't know what type of upsets will happen. I mean, the Titans, Chiefs, you know, Falcons, Rams, you know, obviously, you know, on Saturday and then Bills, Jaguars and, you know, and the, the Panthers, Saints. I think that might be, you know, Sunday afternoon, I think, you know, four o'clock. I think that might be a great game, uh, you know, down in great. Right. And I'll tell you, you know, there's so many good teams this year that I, you know, you get on the right run. You know, you look at what the Saints do offensively, you know, that attack, you know, uh, at running back. It's just, and in what, you know, they have achieved this year, you know, Drew Brees did not necessarily have his best season ever. Matter of fact, you could say um, a, a subpar uh, season for him. Uh, but, you know, his team is right there with an opportunity to make a run. A team that can run the ball in the playoffs, I don't care if you're indoors or you're outdoors, that's a huge advantage, as you know. It's about being able to control the clock, get first downs, and move, you know, into territory and scoring when opportunity arises. And they have an offense that I think teams are going to have to really pay attention to because Foster, at, at, you know, that maybe the best combination ever at running back, you know, in one season. I, I, I don't know if you can – statistically, I bet you there hasn't been a better two ever. I mean, there's been some great duos over the years, you know. Uh, you know, going back into Steelers history, you, of course, you had, you know, Franco Harris and, and Rocky Blyer, and uh, there's been others, but what they've done in, in New Orleans this year, that's it's phenomenal. They, without question, they got to be one of the top duos ever in the NFL history and what they have achieved this year. And there's, you know, they are one of those teams that I've had people I've talked to this past week about the the games this weekend saying, oh, I didn't know the Saints were in it. That's the way they want it. They're under yeah. everybody's radar. People are forgetting about them. And I think they're going to sneak up and, and cause some damage. So I agree, Tim. They could end up making a run and going back to the Super Bowl and maybe even winning it because they have a prolific offense. And their defense is actually playing really well right now, too. So, I mean, when you've got a player like Drew Brees, he's a proven champion. He knows how to win games. He's still in great shape, and he's slinging it as good as ever. Um, you know, and he's younger than Tom Brady. No, he hasn't won as much as Brady has, but he does have a Super Bowl under his belt. He won one, and he's won a lot of games. And, and you know, you have a guy that is in great shape and that has been in the league for a while and has won a championship, then you're in good hands. So. Um, yeah, Kamara, I was going to say what Kamara has brought to that team has just really changed them. Uh, they're just the dynamic that he brings to their offense, you know, and then he just, you know, it's just, it's really made a huge, you know, 
a huge difference, you know, for them this year. It's just the bottom line. I think run the ball like the way they want, and they can use them both as receivers. It's it's just huge. I just honestly believe that if there's a team coming out of this wild card, you know, in the NFC uh, scenario that has an excellent shot to get there, it's 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 New Orleans. I agree with you that the two waiting for them in the uh, divisional rounds, and I and and I don't want to take anything away from either the Eagles or for uh, Minnesota and what they have achieved this year. And obviously the Eagles, as you mentioned, you know, down uh, the quarterback and now, and I have, you know, Foley as their quarterback. It's just maybe not the same level of play, but they're still a great team. So I just think the competition coming out of the NFC is going to be huge this year. And you know, a question mark it will be is, you know, I just think overall, you look at the AFC, take nothing away. I mean, you got the Pacers and the Steelers, you know, waiting for their opponents. So, I mean, I think those four teams are legitimate uh, NFL Super Bowl champion caliber teams. And then you look at, the, at this round here, the wild card. If there's a wild card team, and it has happened before, as you mentioned, you know, New Orleans is sitting there with all that talent and, and what they have done on defense and – you know, Sean Payton, you know, he has won a Super Bowl. He's gotten there. You know, he's been part of uh, many successful teams in his in his lifetime as a coach. So, the coming out of the wild card round, who just may win it all. I agree. Yep. And, and you know, like, the, I love that commercial they have on TV right now about wild cards. Because <laughs> it's the truth. And, you know, like I said, you know, I picked yeah. three specific ones out. My Steelers. Uh, we we stumbled in in the playoffs that one year and we won. Uh, my buddy's uh, Frankie and who lives in New York, his Giants did it and the Seahawks did it too. So um, it definitely can be done and those teams are dangerous. No question about it. Matt, thank you, my friend, for tonight. I appreciate you uh, stepping in. Unfortunately, Anthony was unable to join us and uh, James – uh, was unable to join us. I want to get you and James together one of these days for I can say, not only do I have my partner from football, I got my partner from basketball with me. And <laughs> let's see hey, yeah, get along great. He's a Steelers fan. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, nice. Well, before we get off, I got to have your pick for the FCS national champion. We have North Dakota State and JMU. I'm going to go with North, North Dakota State. I think, you know, they, they just they're so good yeah you know they just do it every year it's I, just tough mark and i talked about it on the show on my show tuesday and i you know james madison they're stacked right now they're at a at a high level they're they repeating you know second year in a row they've been in the championship of course they bysu last year um but they lost a lot of guys they could be just as good i don't think they are i think north dakota state's going to win as well I won't be surprised if, if James Madison repeats. Um, but North Dakota State has proven that, you know, with the championships that they've won, that they're the elite of all time of, of FCS, 1AA. Um, one of the best programs, if not the best. I mean, they've got like a, a 6 or 7-0 and record versus FBS teams. So, um, and, you know, they're from our conference. Why is she's yeah. when they moved up from division two to division one double A or FCS, wherever you want to call it nowadays, they have really proven 
their their merit, you know, throughout the years. And uh, there's no question that they deserve the praise that they get. And I don't want to take anything away from James Madison because they're defending champion, as you mentioned. And you know, to get back, as you know, as a player, is a difficult thing to do. And you should never underestimate a champion because a champion knows what it takes to win. And, uh, you know, both these schools have been there, and it should be a lot of fun on Saturday night for that those two games. So, uh, you know, that's another one. And I didn't mean to overlook it, but you're right. That should be a good one. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in conference play because uh, I'm a conference-type guy. <laughs> I always kind of root for the uh, the conferences, yeah. you know, the Big Ten. Well, you and what the, the Big program Ten team. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, also, you know, you look at their their program. I forget his name, but their their ex head coach who had won at least four national championships is now the head coach of Wyoming, who had right. maybe their best record, their best right. record in school history this year, and won big in their bowl game. So, um, yeah, man, they're they're putting it together, and you know, I kind of am the mind of. I think that they have maybe reached the pinnacle of that level. Now, granted, they could be like a mountain union at the FCS level and just stay there and keep winning. But I think they've proven with how they keep winning championships and with the amount of wins they have versus FBS teams that they should actually make the move up. You know, I, I wonder if physically they can do it, not necessarily the players-wise, but I'm talking about getting the attendance numbers where they need to be uh, to have the facilities to play, you know, max schools or better, you know, uh, you know, to maybe to make that jump to, let's say the all American conference. Let's just use that. Cause that's a spread out conference, you know, from East to West and North to South. It's you got to have certain abilities to do that. And I'm not sure they're going to have the facilities to do that just because of their location right. and their geographics and that, they may have maxed out where they're at, kind of like Youngstown State. Uh, there's no question in my mind, you know, 15, 16 years ago, if the opportunity came from the MAC for YSU to join, they could have competed and grew with the, with that with that conference. But today, because they don't have the budget to play at that level. Right. You know, and that is such a different game because of the money structure today uh obviously you know the sun belt all moved up together join something like that uh you know like when appalachia state and all those that moved up to division one they did it as a as an entire conference which you know very unique but that's what happened you know there so it's an interesting question uh, you know i think sometimes schools reach a certain level because of the market they're in, that they're not going to be able to get to that next size unless they have a huge donor, you know, in place where you have uh, a small school that can play, you know, at that, that level, you know, uh, you just, you really need to have that type of uh, a funding. And I just don't know. I'm not saying they can't do it. I just don't know if they have that, right. that ability. You know, and then and that goes beyond football. But as a football team, wise, they're ready. Competition wise, they're they're ready. I agree with you. Just like why she was ready 15 years ago when mm-hmm. Trestle was here. You know, it was just you know, you know, at the end of your career. You know, they they talked about you know joining the MAC and mm-hmm. it just never happened. And 
obviously, I think, you know, it's just a matter of those things happening. Uh, I do want to pass on a, a sad note uh, for my for me, a friend of mine uh, uh, who has helped me throughout my career. Uh, Rick Foley uh, passed away this past week. Uh, those who uh, know my know me over the airways knew that Rick helped me uh, do. He was an engineer one time, but prior to that, he did a lot of uh, freelancing, and uh, he helped me out when I needed an engineer back at the station when I was doing my football games for the first year, and I had two games going on in two different places. He was back at the station. Uh, making sure everything was uh, organized and did well. I met Rick uh, when he was doing a computer radio show, uh, talking about computers and the internet, five years ago. So prayers go out to Tina and Lita. And uh, I know, you know, the same. You know, I know what everyone says. You're in a better place, but uh, I know those who are going to miss them. Wish he could still be here today. And uh, Without question, Rick was a uh, big part of my life in broadcasting because he actually helped me get two different jobs at different times uh, in radio and because uh, he uh, recommended me. So I was very fortunate to have that friendship, and I want to uh, send out my condolences and uh, dedicate this show to uh, Rick and his memory and let him know that uh, I'll always remember him in, in the fondest of lights and uh, of call him my friend and uh, as a friendship that lasts for a, a very long time I will uh, remember fondly as uh, my years continue here on this earth and my condolences as well I didn't know him but uh, if he was a friend of yours I know he was a good guy so uh, my prayers out to his family and yourself uh, Matt I thank you again for your time and always we'll hope to talk to you next week as the NFL continues, and we'll recap what, what happened in the, both uh, the FCS and the FBS uh, levels uh, with the championships games this week. And then uh, we'll uh, we'll have more fun as the postseason begins, and we'll talk draft picks and all that good stuff and uh, get into, uh, you know, the basketball season and everything else going on. So, my again, my thanks to you, Matt, for participation here on uh, Radio MVP because it's greatly appreciated. My pleasure. I have a great time. So for Matt Emch, I'm Tim Continenza. This has been episode 28 of the Radio MVP Sports Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to download us at RadioMVP.com. You can find us on Google Play now and anywhere you use your podcatcher applications. Plus, uh, Matt Emch is at EMT7178 on Twitter. I'm at – I'm sorry. EMT. EMP, oh, I said EMT, excuse me, EMP 7178, and I am Tim Potter. 7172. Oh, <laughs> I know better. Than, I know, oh my goodness, it's I okay. screwed that one up. <laughs> it's, yeah, everybody, it's, it's at EMP 7172 on Twitter, and if you're in the Tri-County or, or uh, area, Youngstown area, every Tuesday night on 1240 AM, WBBW, uh, from 6 to 7 p.m. is Just Football with Matt Amsh. Listen on in. All right. There's All right. that. I get a hold of Matt. Me, I'm at Tim Continenza anywhere on social media. And you can find me on News Radio 1200 
in Newcastle, WKST for high school basketball this season. Got a game scheduled tomorrow night. Not sure it's going to be played because of the weather. So uh, stay tuned for that information over on the internet. All right, for Matt, I'm Tim. Have a great night, everyone. Talk to you soon. Bye.